Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Dr. Eduardo Diaz. He's the founder at Advancing X. Eduardo, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you're doing with Advancing X is is really cool. It's really innovative. Um, and I'm kind of just fascinated about it. But maybe before we kind of get into exactly what it is, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Where did it all start? <laughs> so I was born and raised in Santa Rosa, California. Okay. And so I guess I was a country boy, really, because I grew up in the hills. Um, went to traditional schools like Pioneer High School and then uh, Santa, Santa Rosa Junior College. Okay. And what did you take there? Psychology from, from the get-go. Okay. Um, that was, that's been an interest of mine. In fact, uh, you know, I was, I was very much interested in the NASA program and you know, and, and I was a Trekkie, so I watched a lot of Star Trek. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, I could already visualize myself as being, you know, like a counselor on, on one of those aircrafts or one of those spaceships, you know. So it was, it was already in, in, in my mind that, that that's kind of where the direction I wanted to go. That, that's awesome. So you've been to kind of a bunch of different colleges and universities. Kind of walk us through your kind of educational career. Sure. So uh, with the JC, uh, Santa Rosa Junior College, over there I earned uh, two associate's degrees. Okay. Uh, and then it was in psychology, and I also studied uh, multiple languages like American Sign Language, oh. uh, French, and uh, Spanish. Okay. Why the languages, out of curiosity? I love talking with people from all kinds of cultures, okay. different backgrounds. To me, it's a fascinating thing. And so I fell in love with the idea of being able to understand different languages uh, rather than imposing, you know, my one language, you know, on them. I could learn other people's languages and then go to their country and spend some time there and really engage with, with them. And so that, that's why I had an interest with, with learning more languages. Sure. Okay. So walk me through kind of the art side of your university career. The art side? <laughs> I don't know the art side. Um, I do know that that after the JC, I went on to Sonoma State University, where I earned my bachelor's degree in psychology. Uh, and then I went on to, I also had to go to UC Berkeley as well, because Sonoma State University ran out of classes, uh, some advanced courses that I was taking, and they had a partnership with Berkeley. So I took those in conjunction with SSU and wrapped that up and went on to Walden University where I completed my master's degree and my doctoral degree okay. in psychology. So what made you kind of want to continue down that path? Well, I, I, I love research. I just, you know, it was a big deal to learn about me sure. and, and how my mind, you know, works and why I interpret things the way I interpret them. And, and psychology, as you know, it's the study of the self. And, and so as I continued down that process, it really, the more I understood about how my mind functions, the more I can understand the, the perspectives of others when they were sharing those perspectives. It was, it was really a, 
it, it's definitely an eye opener, you know. And then and then you go to other other countries, you know. Like I've been to Germany, so I studied German. Sure. And went to Germany and spent uh, you know a couple of weeks there. Went a couple times, met some colleagues there, and and you know you get their perspective and take on life, and you start to find out that a lot of people have a lot of similar perspectives. It's just they just come from different backgrounds, but their their vision of of different things is, is kind of similar to achieve something greater, you know, to move something forward. Sure. No, I, I think that's that's great. So you walk me through kind of your post-university career. Obviously, you kind of went back to school, correct? Like you worked for a bit, you went back to school, yep. then you kind of are back kind of working and doing a bunch of things. So kind of walk me through the different types of jobs you've had because you've had a bunch of them and, and a lot of them okay. are really interesting. So, I mean, back in high school days, I actually worked at, as a at the cabinet shop where I was uh, responsible for quality control. Okay. Um, so any cabinet that would go out of the facility, I had to, to make sure everything was exactly correct. So I ended up creating an eye for detail. Um, so <laughs> that was an interesting six years off and on. Sure. Uh, definitely a, a learning experience. From there, I went into restaurants. I worked at multiple restaurants, at an airport restaurant, at uh, a couple of restaurants that are like just really high-end uh, you know, almost like Italian and American mix, you know, French restaurants. And then at some point I ended up uh, working at Acapulco restaurants where I became the, the med general manager and, and enjoyed that for a while. And then I went off and actually opened up my own small restaurant, ran that for a little bit. And I was fortunate that someone came by and said, it came by and said, Oh, we want to, we want to purchase your restaurant. <laughs> so I got awesome. to experience what was that, that was like, you know, to sell my first, my first business. Sure. Um, then, then you know, I got into the industry of, of IT a bit, uh, where I met a really good friend of mine. Uh, well, that's where our friendship started, and now it's like 22 years later, and we're best of friends. That's great. Uh, but during that process, uh, he and I thought, wouldn't it be great to create a, a marketing company that could, you know, be a little bit better than what's out there? And so... <laughs> We thought that would be kind of fun, and sure enough, we ended up starting our first startup in uh, 1996, and we launched that. It was a rough start at first, but I already had a good introduction to statistical measures and looking at things, and so I started applying that in a marketing level, and we found out that there was a lot of, a lot of business owners who wanted to have more from their marketing experience, more metrics, more measurable things, and so we did that. We ended up creating loyalty programs, gift card programs, and we just, the company grew, it did very well. And then after, let's see, during, before the 17 years when we, when we were bought out, uh, we had already licensed two other times to a couple of other companies who was, mm-hmm. who were using our software. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience, but we, we essentially were always on that cusp of how can we make this better? How can we advance this more? And so we started getting involved in touchscreen technology just as it was coming out. Okay. You know, I mean, it wasn't really been applied to anything. Uh, it was just more about, oh, look at this new technology. And so, <laughs> so we started getting involved in these touchscreens and how can we use those for customers so they can kind of see what's new and where can that, where can that be applied and where can it be really be utilized. And so I went to a, a couple of different you know, hotel managers and ended up building relationships with a lot of different hotels. Uh, and, and all the managers across Northern California. And so then we implemented uh, these touchscreen systems for destination travelers. And that became fascinating. A lot of challenges, though. We were kind of a little bit ahead of 
of the technology that could really support that type of infrastructure. Sure. And so, you know, we had to back away from that because too many, too many problems. So we, mm-hmm. we, we really focused on what was working for us. Um, and then there it was. We started going into developing our technology toward the cloud and making it more um, user-friendly and beautiful and things like that. And so once we started getting into uh, creating programs for like you know iOS and, and Android and such, sure. um, that's when another company from Las Vegas uh, heard about us through you know mutual friends. You know how it works. Yep. Somebody talks about you and it goes on from there. Uh, we got a call and a few discussions later, and you know we were bought. Nice. That's cool, man. No, that's that's great. I, I love that. And I love how you've done kind of a bunch of different businesses in a bunch of different industries and how you take things from kind of those different industries and kind of all tie it together into what you're currently doing. And I, I think that's that's quite fascinating. So what exactly is Advancing X and why did you decide to found it? That is an excellent question. Uh, so Advancing X, we essentially are focused on human factors. Okay. Um, so one of the things, one of our goals is to open up a research campus and technology accelerator. And so that's kind of where we focus on that. Now, the research part of it, of course, is all psychology driven, which falls back on my doctoral work where I look at functional characteristics of individuals and how those individuals can influence the outcome of an entire team and their goal to achieve a common, you know, a common goal. Okay. So, you know, I'll break, I'll break that down a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. So, so as, as you know, everyone has a different personality um, styles and, and ways of, of doing things. Um, and during stressful situations, whether it's low stress or high stress, our, our desire to do something will change based on the level of stress. Sure. And, and, and so I look, at those, I look at those characteristics and I evaluate them. Now, I didn't kind of just fall into it. It was more of a, during my literature review, I studied a lot of other assessments out there like Myers-Briggs and, and, and other assessments, you know, um, Weems and things like that, and found that every doctor that did their research on behavior they, have, they list a lot of gaps that should be researched. And among those gaps, there was a specific area related to teams okay. and the measurement of characteristics and what those characteristics are that can be measured and that have a, of a significant influence on how teams interact with each other, individuals interact with each other to create that team. And so even in, even in like Myers and Briggs research, they have it in there where they, you know, they're, they're focused on individuals and they did a lot of great work that can help individuals understand who they are, but they, they recommended in their research that the application of, of one person working with another person really needs to be investigated more, needs to be researched more. And, and, and so there was another gap right there. So I tied them all together, started realizing there's a pattern that a lot of, a lot of doctors really need measurable you know, characteristics that can be applied in a team setting. And once I saw that, there were several others. I focused on that one, okay. and I, I just dove into it. I, I started looking at, well, what theoretical construct can be applied to this? You know, and I, and I went through theory after theory after theory, and I'll tell you what, it's very, very challenging to, sure. to go through this and that, and you start finding why one doesn't work over the other, 
And, and then eventually I, I did find something called personality systems interactions, which was developed in Germany by what is now a good friend of mine, Dr. Julius Kuhl. And I, I found out Dr. Kuhl was, was alive, which I, you know, usually in my mind, when I see that there's a theorist, sure. I, I have the assumption that that person is no longer, you know, with us on this earth. And, sure. and uh, boy, I was wrong when I, when I looked at the, the research that he had accomplished and there was an email address. And I thought, well, nobody from the 1930s would have an email address, <laughs> you know? Sure. So I sent him an email and he responded, and one thing led to another. I got on a plane, went to Germany, spent some time with, with him and Dr. Kazan and, and a few others, and um, they gave me permission to use their theoretical structure, uh, and I did. And sure enough, I was able to find a significance in measuring the specific characteristics of one individual, and then, of course, applying that to a team setting, and from there, I resolved the gap. I, 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 I solved one of the questions that a lot of doctors had, is how do you measure the char team characteristics, and I did do that. Wow, that's, that's actually really cool. So when, when doing this, is it something that somebody like yourself would have to go in and work with like individuals or teams to actually sort this out, or can people do it themselves, or, or how does that kind of work? Yeah, so we end up creating, there's, there's an online assessment. It's, it's a self-assessment that can be accomplished in 20 minutes. Uh, and so that, that assessment gives us the basics, what I call the OTI or Organizational Team Index. Okay. So that assessment, then once we have that, we can then look at, you know, the team dynamics uh, as, as opposed to like what the teams are doing in their particular task. So that, that's actually interesting because, you know, when, when you really go back to what is Advancing X, our whole focus is applying human behavior research findings into actionable measures to support team outcomes. That's, that's it right there. That's our, that's our vision, you sure. know, and to keep improving upon that. And, and we, we are looking to find those, the best and the most important, you know, variables that influence, you know, teams and decision-making success, things like that. No, that's so, okay. Keep going. Sorry. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. So, so, when you look at, okay, well, you know, how can, how can others out there apply this? You know, well, we look at their, what it is that they're doing. So let's take a couple of examples that are very passionate and close to, to, to my heart. You know, let's say NASA or military, things like that. So if you have NASA as an example, and they are planning, as we all know, sending, they're planning to send people to Mars. Sure. Well, if you, you have, you know, a whole bunch of, of astronauts, let's say there's a panel of 100 that are available, and all of those, those 100 astronauts, they're all going to have the knowledge and the skills and the abilities that NASA is already looking for. But NASA can only take four on the Orion, for example. Right. So if you're going to put four of those astronauts, how do you really pick four out of 100 people who are clearly phenomenal? You right. Know, they, 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 they have it all. I mean, it's like, well, you know... Um, hmm. <laughs> you're all, you're all, you know, 4.0s. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you all invented 85 yeah. things. Sure. It's not like flip a coin or paper, rock, scissors, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Certainly not. Certainly not. You know, and then, and then, you know, from a, from a statistics or a metrics point of view, you know, it, do you really rely on saying, well, I, I really like you a lot more than I like the rest. So I'm going to pick you. That doesn't quite work. You know, you've, you've got sure. you've got to look at what's going to be best for the entire team that's going. 
you know, I, I, I kind of joke around once in a while where when I get questions, uh, people ask me, well, if you were to, you know, support NASA in the selection process, the final selection process of these four astronauts, you know, who, who would you who would you send? And I, I would jokingly say, well, you know, whoever pissed me off is the first one to go because they're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> sure, right? Yeah, that, that makes sense. But, but I think realistically, though, no, like not a lot of people would think about that stuff, right? And, and that's what kind of yeah. I find kind of fascinating about what you guys are doing because I think especially when it comes to doing like obviously not everybody's going to go to space or, or maybe hopefully in maybe our, some of our lifetimes – some of us will get to go, but the thing that I find really interesting about it is it's, it can be so scientific, right? And when you're yep. looking yeah. for a co-founder, even to do like a startup or, or whatnot, like having the right personality types to hopefully get to the finish line. And by finish line, I mean, maybe acquired or, or kind of success or, or whatever you def define finished, but you know, just working at startups myself over the years, so many people drop off, right? And so if you can yes. quickly figure out who's going to be compatible with who through kind of research and science, that whole thing just kind of fascinates me. Yes, no, absolutely. In fact, there's a, in, in one of NASA's uh, reports, it was an audit done by the Office of Inspector General at NASA, and they, they did what uh, a section called Human Health and Performance Risks by Space Environment Hazard. Okay. There are 30, 32 things that have to be resolved before they send anyone to a long-duration space mission like that of Mars. Really? And so, yeah, so when you break all of I mean, it, it, it's in different categories. So you, mean, you can look at isolation, you can look at, you know, radiation and, you know, altered gravity and, and you know, closed environments. All these different things are, are different factors that must be considered and how that's going to impact human beings who are, you know, going to be in those situations. And so you really got to look at, you know, every, everything you possibly can to increase the success of the overall team. So yes, if, even if it's just, you know, four, five, six, 10% performance, that's a big deal. Sure. You know I mean? You have, you have four people and you, you, they're, they're of the greatest minds, you know, on earth and, do you send them out there and it just happens to be that they don't get along because one of those individuals might not be the same person when the stressful situations start to come up. Sure. You know, we call them Latin challenges. Uh, you know, so Latin challenges are unknown events. So let's say an unknown event happens and it could be a number of things. I don't want to limit it to one, but let's say an event happens and then that one individual you know, reverts back to their immediate fight or flight situation. And they start to, you know, hoard, you know, particular things like food and, and supplies because they start having a fear that, you know, their life could be at risk. Well, when they start doing those little acts of, of acts of deviant behavior, they, they end up impacting the whole team because, you know, then, then you got, you know, the other person is waking up one day and they're wondering where their pencil went. And how come every single day something seems to be disappearing? What is going on here? And that starts creating, you know, this, this concern amongst the group. And what ends up happening is you have a small, small little failures, one after another, that build up and build up and build up until you have an ultimate mission failure. And by the time that happens, of course, everyone's wondering what happened. Sure. Yeah, no, that's interesting, right? That's cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to you, at least on your site, you have like a human to machine type of stuff in research so have you done much research in kind of the human to machine stuff or, or not really 
So I can say that we are currently pending uh, a, a project where we are developing a nano suit that's, uh, that's going to be correlated with psychological functional characteristics. Um, so that is is classified. <laughs> okay. No, sure. That's wild. That's cool, though. So, yeah, it's it's neat. But I but I could tell you that um, essentially what we're looking at is we are correlating the way in which body movements, whether it be hands, legs, torso, the whole body, um, how that a body is moving with the other bodies that are moving the team inside of an isolated environment and how those movements are correlated with the functional characteristics that make up the total team. And so we're looking for significance uh, on that. So what will end up happening is when we find those, those correlations, then we create the nano suit and then we take it to real time. So like right now, for example, if I were to go into a, you know, a company and we were to assess all their teams and support increasing their team efficiency by just moving a few people around or hiring in new people that improve the overall team design, you know, we could do that and then we could go back and we can measure every three months to a follow-up to make sure that that team is optimized and that they're meeting the goals that we expect them to achieve. You know, so we can look at those things. But in real time, it's a different situation like when you send four astronauts, you know, and they're out there doing their thing. We can actually monitor their entire performance by the minute. Wow. You know, so we can see if they're starting to deviate from what is the expected norm. And if they do, we, we can recognize that because of the statistics. And we can then, you know, talk with them and get their mind back on track so that they don't deviate so much before it leads to impacting the team and what they're looking to achieve. Wow, that's wild. Like, I'm just trying to, like, comprehend the magnitude of what you just said, right? <laughs> like, but, but seriously, like, that's phenomenal right that you guys can do that to okay. somebody out especially so far away right like in the outer space i get like can you guys have figured out communication and, and i'm assuming it's all th through satellite so that's another part of, of tech has to resolve how things are going to be transferred as far as technology um there are currently a lot of companies out there who are developing those those solutions sure so we're we're, watch we're watching them <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. That that's that's really cool. So you covered it a little bit earlier, but you're looking to build a research kind of campus. What exactly are you doing with that? Because I found that really fascinating when we talked months ago about kind of you being on the show. So what exactly are you doing with that? So we're really big on innovation and okay. looking at other opportunities that can advance technology. And so when you have a research campus, you know, that, that's where things are really measured um, and, and we can look at it scientifically, but then you have the technology accelerator and they're both on the same property. Okay. They work in collaboration to support each other. So what ends up happening is the technology accelerator, our goal is to support 1,000 technology entrepreneurs. They basically become members, like, a, like you go into a gym. You're, you're, you're a member of a gym and you go to work out. Interesting. You know, in this case, you're, you're a member of this technology accelerator and you go to advance your technology, but you have a lot of people working with you to help you achieve what you're looking to achieve. You know, so as, as an example, um, you know, our, our combined advisory board is well over 100 people wow. in, in different industries from, from nanosatellites, you know, all the way down to, you know, biology, you know, and, and farming as an example. Um, so, 
So you have, you, you know, you have all these entrepreneurs in the accelerator and they're looking to, let's say they want to, they want to create some new way of, of farming in, a, in an enclosed environment. Well, then we can, we can take their, you know, proof of concept or their, their idea and we can then move it all over to the research campus section where we are testing I, uh, teams working in isolation, meaning we're actually controlling the, the air inside of a room that would be consistent to, let's say, that of Mars, you know, it, it, where you have to have, you know, you, you have to produce your own oxygen to survive. So we have a same controlled environment so they can move their farming techniques inside of this isolated area and then we can test it to see how it applies in real in the real situation you know so so there's those opportunities sure no that's that's actually really cool and like for for me i find that kind of stuff fascinating right and so you're kind of in phase one of getting property or or how to or where are you yeah. guys on with that well so i flew over to to maryland um and we went to the university there, so literally the University of Maryland. Okay. And we had several meetings um, with different members, like from the Department of Commerce um, and Research at the University of Maryland and a few others. And we were looking at their, their, that location being one of the places where we would have a research campus and technology accelerator. And, and so, yes, it is an option and actually we, we are planning to have one there as well but we're also looking to have one in the sacramento california area as well okay um and then we have a few other locations that that are pending i mean it, i just finished a call only a couple of weeks ago we we may end up opening up another one in you know not just puerto rico but dubai and germany um so we're looking at those as options um but at the moment we are wrapping up the final negotiation of property that we are purchasing here in Sacramento, California. And I just constant meetings with, you know, project managers and, and the county. And, and so the whole planning thing, because there's a big whole project going on, an innovation district that's being created. And so we're likely to be one of the first shovels in the ground in that area. That's awesome, man. So, and maybe this is kind of a, a stupid question, but when you're building these research campuses, does geographic location matter or is it just you want to be spread out as possible and kind of get the most minds from different parts of the world working on something or or why do you pick certain areas? Yeah, I, I think you said it well. I mean, it's about getting getting becoming accessible to a lot of different minds, you know, because then, then you're creating a, a kind of a, a hub at different places then, and then those hubs become – uh, the ability for us to interact at all the other locations. Sure. You know, so, th the more the more we can get other cultures involved and other you know different perspectives involved, the more innovation will happen. Sure. You know, just it's perspectives. You know, it, it's, it's perspectives. There's a there's a letter that it's a, it's a letter of support that we received from Maryland Department of Commerce, and you know, there's I'll I'll read you a sentence from it. Sure. Um, so it says here, the Goddard Space Flight Center, University of Maryland, and the John Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory have expressed interest in the human factor applications and research being pioneered by Dr. Diaz and his team. We had preliminary discussions about establishing a research center and technology accelerator in the state to look at this problem. And it goes on and on about you know the NRL and the ARL, which is the Navy Research Lab and the Army Research Lab. Um, so. That, that's kind of the, the there's a lot of 
others out there who have incredible minds that can really support the advancement of everything that, that we're looking to do in terms of innovative, innovative technology and moving things forward and, you know, creating something that will really bring about positive social change for not just, you know, the United States, but for the world. Sure. Well, and, and, and I think the thing that's interesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at least that where my mind goes is if they're all kind of, all these research campuses are under like the Advancing X kind of brand, you guys can kind of share resources and findings and, you know, right. almost anything, right? Where right. I'm not saying that like universities, for example, don't do that, and I'm sure they do, but it's got to be a little bit more like competitive, right? Like, I don't know, a big university is probably like, well, I don't really necessarily want to share everything with potentially like a competitor university where you guys are just like, you know, I want to do this kind of for the globe and, right. you know, and kind of beyond and you're going to share stuff and it's not really necessarily like a competition between campuses or, or maybe it's healthy competition, but you're trying to like share everything, right? Do, do I, am Correct. I grasping that? Okay. No, yeah, yeah, cool. it, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, it's collaborative, and and yes, a healthy competition would be correct. So some of the things that we have set up, for example, I sit on the advisory board for Next Phase Foundation, yeah. and Next Phase Foundation sure. they have you know an agreement with NASA for their IP technology transfer program. Yeah, yeah. You I, know, so no, you recall I, that one? Yeah, no, I had Robin on the show actually. So yeah, I, it's totally Excellent. that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So, so you get the, you get the gist of it. So in, in this situation here, you have, you know, all these different entrepreneurs who are creating their proof of concept or whatever have you. And then they're going to, yes, they're going to compete to, to win, you know, financial fund, you know, funding to get their, their, their idea to the next stage, you know? So, so that will be there. Uh, but there's, there's just so much involved in this. I mean, there's, the level at which, like, okay, let's take one entrepreneur as an example. One okay. entrepreneur that comes in to the accelerator, and they're like, hey, I've got this idea, and, you know, I've been working on it for the last six months, and, and you know, I, I just, I really need, you know, a, a, a roadmap, you know, to, to do this. And, and they might go, and, and it's not my strength. I mean, my strength is, you know, software development, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and so, and I understand that. I completely understand that. So, you know, that's where I get to sit down with them and ask them a whole bunch of, you know, awesome questions. And, and they, they, they answer that and they kind of visualize what their definite chief aim is, what they're looking to achieve with their, their new idea. And once we establish that, we work our way backward. And so we start looking at, you know, different milestones that they're going to need to achieve along their roadmap to, to get where they want to go. So we create those action plans, the timelines, and all the measurable outcomes. Now, along each milestone, that's where we introduce a different advisor who will help them, you know, go, okay, let's look at this now. You've achieved all these. Great. But now you need to do this aspect of it, you know. And then, of course, they'll reach a level where they've got their, their prototype. And let's just say it's like, a, you know, a nanosatellite, sure. you know, and they've created this little, little nanosatellite and they've got the working prototype. They've already done the testing inside the research campus area, and they're ready to go and put it out there in low Earth orbit. You know, sure. where we could reach out to a couple of you know collaborative partners. You know, um, I probably can't say their names right now. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so. How are you funding all this? Because it's got to be not cheap. <laughs> it is not. It is not cheap. So. 
we have a lot of investors who have been asking a lot of different questions and such, um, different people who are looking to, to put money into this. Sure. Um, so we are looking at those as potential avenues. At the moment, I'm self-funding. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So there, but there's other things as well. I mean, when we get the other research of this project that we're working on that involves the nanotechnology for the nanosuits, you know, that, of course, there's always, as a company, there's always going to be some type of, you know, profit margin somewhere. And, sure. you know, we'll just apply that. We'll reinvest that in, into the development of the technology accelerator and the research campus. So there's those things. But there's also the membership. Right. And so right. you have you have 1,000 entrepreneurs inside of a facility, and they're all paying, you know, your, your membership to, to be there. That, that of course, sustains it. That, that's the model. That's the business model. And so, yeah, there's that. No, that's that's great. So do you, is it too early to kind of estimate when you'll have the first one kind of up and running, or is it still kind of too preliminary? Um, I'd like, I'd like to say in, in two years, okay. it'll be, it'll be up and running, uh, but it depends. So, you know, if it turns out that one of these, you know, other, uh, prospect locations, like, like I can't, I don't want to put any pressure on anyone, but, but sure. let's say one of these other locations says, you know what, we're, we're, we'll give you 6 million to get this thing going right now. Sure. You know, well, then we, we would open up in, in 12 months. Gotcha. You know, sure. Okay. That, that, that could happen. Sure. So, and how are you kind of working with um, other kind of institutions? Because you mentioned some countries kind of all over the world. Is that just through kind of online networking or through your community? Or how did you kind of find and get interest from other countries? So I back to advisors and I travel a lot. Okay. And I go to a lot of conventions, you know, like the Stakes Expo that I just went to in Pasadena, California. Sure. You know, um, and, and just and meet people, network, talk to them, get out there, you know, um, online. Just I've, I've been in, in the tech world for quite some time. And, and so it's, it's really working with the whole team. It, it, it's, never really, it's never been about just me and my, my knowledge. It never has been. You sure. know, it, this, this thing has developed from so many different perspectives and people who have been through some aspect of business so many times that they're very familiar with it. And so when you combine, you know, 10, 20, 30 people on different advisory boards, and they're all different, you know, they help guide the company as it continues to move forward. You know, so that's where it is all networking. No, I, that's kind of the answer I was hoping you'd give, because I think some people always <laughs> no, but I think sometimes people struggle with how to move their idea or meet people kind of outside of their country right and i think there's not really an easy answer to that like and it's work and you have to you know travel and meet yep. people online and, and make the effort and go to conferences or different things and meet people i i, I think that's that's really great but i'm kind of curious to know where where do you kind of see this whole kind of research kind of space area kind of going because in my opinion i think we're almost at like the like the beginning of kind of the whole like big technology kind of space revolution and i think that yeah we've been at it for you know decades and we've had obviously the internet and technology and stuff but i think like we're about to get like really really cool do you do you agree with that or, or like you know i've been watching that like uh a uh, year million show on that National Geographic and it's just like fascinating where things are going to go. So it's like to me, it's like we're at like this 
exciting time in like human history where we can actually build some of the stuff that we've kind of dreamt about for, you know, thousands of years. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, I found, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, because part of me thinks that like, like you, you kind of mentioned like uh, Star Trek and stuff, right? Like some of that stuff yeah, just yeah. wasn't buildable years ago. And now you start seeing some of that stuff come reality and it's just awesome and like mind blowing to me, right? That we can finally like build some of this stuff. Yes. Yes. It, it, it is incredible the way in which technology is moving, you know, and it's, it's also, it's also can be, it's can be scary, but it depends on who you talk with. You know, I mean, sure. I just had a meeting just this week with someone that I, I randomly met okay. and he happens to be in, in the world of testing, you know, for security and, and seeing if something is, it can be accessed by someone up on the outside, a very bright individual. And I never asked him, but I'm of the assumption that he's in his early twenties, you know, and, and that, 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 that fits with the way technology is moving where my own 15 year old daughter has more experience in using, you know, some type of design and, and video, you know, tools on her computer than I even understand. And I'm in tech, (laughs) you know, totally. So, so kids are, you know, they're getting more exposure to, to, you know, hands-on technology, and so they're they're already used to it. So when it comes time where they have an opportunity to, to dream, because they have less they have less barriers to hold them back from dreaming, and so they dream different ideas of how these things can be applied. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're having you're having innovative thoughts at a teenage age, and that's just incredible. No, totally. So, is there a way that people can get involved with Advancing X? Is it too early? How, how do people kind of <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. Just go to advancingx.com and shoot me an email. I already have a lot of different entrepreneurs uh, who have reached out to me. And while I do not have the, um, the membership fee in place at the moment, um, I'm already helping them because, again, it's, it's, it's not really about the money. It's about helping others. Sure. You know, so they can, they can shoot me an email you know, and we can begin dialogue and look at what they're looking to achieve. So, but yeah, just go to advancingx.com. Perfect. Well, Eduardo, we're coming to the end of the show. So, you know, is there any other places people can get more information about you guys? Obviously, advancingx.com, but are you guys on all the other social media channels as well? We are. We are on Twitter. I believe it's also at advancingx um, and Facebook. But on Facebook, ours is Advancing Exploration. Okay. So, yep. And then uh, LinkedIn, which would be at Advancing, I'm sorry, Advancing X. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and following kind of your journey through all these kind of campuses and the research you guys are (laughs) doing. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show was done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.